Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes to Playbook. We bring our coaches insights directly to our community. Um, B, we got a special one today. We have a, we have a guest that's going to be joining us. But first, how are you doing? How are things? I'm great. How are you? I'm very excited to talk to this guest today too. But um, how, how have you been? Things are good. Things are good. I um, I'm getting over sickness a little bit, but um, I was pumped up because I there's big news. I don't think that is public yet, so maybe we don't have to bring up the the news that you shared no. with me. But I did see those rings, and the rings the rings sweet. are fat. The rings is, are fat. <laughs> is that that's not the first one that you've won with uh, QU? Is it? No, I've got um, maybe this. I was going to do a picture of this too, but I think I've got nine from from here right now. Because basically, uh, any team that you work with, right? Yeah, yeah. So I work for four teams directly. Uh, we've had other teams on campus that have won championships too, but the four teams I've worked with the uh, have all won at varying levels. And so the third one we've gotten for men's hockey, women's basketball, we won like five championships. We went to a wow. Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, women's hockey's been to one too. So it's um, yeah. Winning is something that we're used to, and like I think I posted the other day too. Is like, I know how to win. You know how to win. Like MB knows how to win. Like our, our guest today, and um, it's just you know, I think a lot of people out there, you you know this too. Like they want to win, but they don't quite understand that there's a lot of steps and a lot of things that go into it. And um, you know, it's just like we always say, winning is fun, but winning is hard. Winning is very hard. But that's what makes it so fun, in my opinion. It's, if yeah, but, if you it does. Well, we'll shoot over to to MB now or Mary Beth Salas. I mean, I feel like we don't even really have to introduce you because you're such an OG to the to the meta athletes community and you've been around since the beginning. But um, yeah, Mary Beth, when I think about you, like one, I think about a great friend. I mean, one of the contacts that since the beginning that I've seen and set in contact with, and um, always appreciate conversations, always appreciate insights. But um, to see your 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 just honestly your skill set being such a multi tool in the media and marketing space. I mean, I've seen you speak in person. Um, I've seen you host incredible spaces and, and podcasts. Um, I've seen you be an incredible marketer. Um, but I also know your background of being in PR and also brand building. And it's amazing just to see like what um, what you've got into and, and how you've been able to support, you know, many different brands and, and people in the, in the Web3 space. And now it seems to be kind of going back to your roots in sports um, as of more recently. So. One, uh, welcome to the show and, and look forward to having this conversation. But also, maybe you can kind of just give us a quick update in, um, you know what you have going on in your world. What's a priority? Um, what, what keeps you busy right now? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, stoked to be here, you know, because when I'm always listening to the podcast, it's cool to see your faces. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm going back to sports because I don't really think I ever left. I know that there's just been like a publicly facing emphasis, you know, of being in Web3, especially, you know, being involved with projects on on Twitter, right? Because that's what we tend to talk a lot about on Twitter. Um, what am I involved in now? Um, so still practicing in the world of public relations um, in sports. So I have the honor and blessing um, of working with Baron Davis, ben Baron Davis Enterprises, was a lot of dope things going on in tech and sports and just bringing people together. Um, you know, we could talk a little bit about that. And, um, but, you know, I'm nearing 40. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. And right now in my life, um, you know, still being active in, in my career, it's interesting because I've realized that there are things that really matter to me. 
You know, like I enjoy and really value my time being at home and being with family. Uh, I was just telling someone this morning, um, you know, like for so like I always have to travel a lot for work. Sometimes it's just with two days notice. Sometimes I'll know maybe a month ahead of time. But a lot of times it's just, you know, spur of the moment. Um, and in the past, I would always be really excited, like, oh, I get to go to, I don't know, New York or Miami or something like that. Um, but I'm actually really content, I guess you could say, um, being here or being home. Um, I, I love family dinners, okay? And when I say family dinners, that means uh, that includes myself, that includes my husband and the dog, of course. But like, <sighs> I think we sometimes when we get caught up in doing really cool things for work, mm -hmm. um, if you have that experience, sometimes we forget about how, I don't know, peaceful or serene it is just to be at home or have a dinner on time. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I just want to make that emphasis that like, um, you know, I tend to talk about a lot about, you know, I'm focusing on building my brand or being the best PR professional I can be, which I always do focus on. But I've never, you know, this is the first time I've ever mentioned to anyone like, yeah, I'm also focusing on, um, you know, strengthening. This sounds so cheesy now that I say it out loud, but it's real, like strengthening you know, the household or my family, you know, where I'm at today. I don't think that's cheesy at all. And I mean, look who you're talking to, but like a lot of it is like the, what I gathered from that is for you to be the best PR person you can be for other people. You have to make sure that you have yourself in order first and foremost, right? Like you have like the family was family's massive to you, right? Yeah. Family is really important. And if you want to be the best professional that you can, you've got to be able to get yourself organized and and prioritize the right things right and it's not yeah. that you know business is not important but um i that was what you said was 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 awesome like the fact that you're extremely passionate because I, I you know we've had conversations before and you're ultra driven like to the point where you're relentless which is phenomenal right and that's the qualities that we like to see in athletes but like you're a winner and that's like to be a winner you've got to be relentless at times and and work hard um, but you got to make sure that you have that balance. And for you to be able to recognize that balance is uh, is awesome. You know what I mean? And that's what you know, I'd love to be able to hear what, like, some of the things you're doing with Baron Davis. Um, I remember I remember watching Baron Davis, you know, play and, and a phenomenal athlete and phenomenal um, uh, college basketball player, but also professional. And there's so many times where an athlete is just only recognized as an athlete. But that they aspire to be so much more than that, and they they these massive pivot points and transitions are things where you know we all find moments and opportunities to grow. What is it that you you know you, that you're doing with these athletes to try to help them understand the shift in perspective, the shift in mindset that happens in these massively critical points throughout their life and through their career? Like, what is it that you know, how are you helping them deal with these moments and these transitions? Okay, so I know when people, if 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 an average person were to hear, um, you know, Mary Beth does public relations, she works in sports, or she represents an athlete or something, um, what that translates to very commonly is, oh, does that mean she tells them what to say or tells them what to do, you know, 
if they're out in the public or to the media. But it's not that. I mean, media relations is just a small part of PR. But what I like to specialize in and what I really focus on is, A, I like to get to know the human, like off the court or off the field, maybe their post-career. But I like to get to know what's important to them. Okay, this may sound so obvious, but sometimes people, you know, when they start working with people, they don't ask the right questions. Like one question I always used to ask, um, you know, any type of client was, what's more important to you, the money or the mission? Now, there's no right or wrong answer to that, but that helps me gauge where they stand, you know, in terms of their their initiatives or what they're working to build, okay? Now, if they care about a mission, what's your mission? What does that mean? What does that mean you want to make an impact? To whom? What? How do you want to show that impact? Is that something you only want to do in the press or is that something that you're currently doing? So that helps me gauge how someone's brain works, how they think. Um, and so like I like to get to know the human and what they really care about. I like to know what makes them laugh. Um, I also take note if people, if someone likes to make someone else laugh, you know? And But like I was saying, it's not just about like, oh, you tell them what to say or how to act in the media. It's, okay, let me put on, you know, let me put on my... Uh, my hat, my thinking hat here. So um, what are your ambitions? You know, what do you really love? And sometimes people don't even have the answers to that. But like, I like to meet people where they're at. I can't force anyone to do anything. I can't say like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make you, okay, that's the first mistake. I can't make something out of someone. I can help, um, you know, devise a plan to to walk this journey with someone that's actually authentic to them but i can't you know it it, it there's no longevity in just putting on a facade um you know and having this like two month stints of looking like the i'm the most philanthropic person in the world or something like that like it's really got to resonate because if it doesn't last after that it doesn't build anything for them inside and it doesn't build as a brand right so i i just Actually, Baron Davis says that says this. He he uses the term like, you know, more than an athlete, right? Who are you as a human? So, um, I just like getting to know the person. I think it's super important, not just from obviously it's it's authentic, right? But yeah. just from a longevity and and the the passion behind you know whatever it is that you guys are looking to to accomplish or build. There's been many times where we've worked with athletes and we like the marketing side of the team came up with like amazing ideas. We executed on it. The athlete, you know, pushed it out to the socials. Um, and I would say that it was successful from the standpoint of um, more fans, you know, more sales, more opportunities to generate views and attention. Mm-hmm. But the athlete wasn't happy with the way that they put themselves out there. And so even though it was successful from a marketing standpoint, um, ultimately our relationship with that athlete <laughs> didn't end up great because they were, you know, even though from our end, it was like a, it was a great like, campaign. They were like, Hey, I don't think I'm comfortable doing things like this in the future. And so for us, we're like, Oh wow, this is a huge failure actually, because ultimately it needs to come from the athlete. And then we mm-hmm. can figure out how we're going to support and amplify whatever it is that they kind of envision. Um, or we can, we can even guide them along the way, but ultimately there needs to be that. Um, I think the best way we put it is, 
we saw value, but the athlete or the the talent didn't see the value in it. And so it was important to. Yeah. So that right there, right. You may see something as value, but the client or the athlete or the coach or whoever you're working with, like what's their definition of value? Right. Because if you can't even come together, you know, and define that together or at least be aware of that same uh, meaning of value, then you're not working toward the same thing. Right. So like that, that goes back to my initial question of like, what's more important to you, the yeah. money or the mission? It's an open ended question. You can answer however you want, but it helps me gauge like what's important to them. Absolutely. And you also mentioned meeting them in the middle. And so that like really yeah. stuck out to me because I'm like, it is like, hey, this is what we historically know is going to do really well. But you have to meet them with what they're passionate about and what they want to ultimately be known for and, and have legacy known for. Um, but MB, kind of switching over to you specifically, because I mean, I don't know if reinvent is the right word, but I've seen you take on so many different um, like roles you know, since we've known each other for the last few years. Um, I've seen you take on the role of being a, you know, marketing for a team. Um, I've seen you on stages. I think, you know, you've always been to me naturally uh, a great host speaker type, especially when you're hosting conversations, great conversationalists. Um, what are things that you think about when it comes to your transitions, when it comes to like the way that you want to be known and, and, uh, and your brand? I think that that's something that I've seen kind of evolve over the last few years. And so, um, I'm sure you've developed some type of, maybe some type of system or process for yourself. That's maybe applicable to some of the clients that you work with. But, um, you know, if somebody were to go to your profile, they would see, you know, some of your accomplishments, but they would also see that you create playbooks for athletes, right? So that's kind of this tagline that I've seen on your social. And so what do you think about when it comes to transitions? Are these things that you're testing to figure out what you like, don't like, you can monetize in, you can make a career out of, um, or is there, you know, is this something that you know is something that you want to do for, you know, a, a long period of time? So what does it look like for you when you look to transition into different roles? I'm so happy you asked that. So, and this, I know I'm not the only person that, that often thinks about this. Um, I come from, I, I don't know if it's a, a generation um, or a population or something like that, but at least from, I'm, like I said, I'm almost 40 during, you know, as I grew up, we have, we've kind of been taught, right, to think that you basically have one career or one job or you pick Mm -hmm. one expertise okay and that's great you know you work on something and you master it I think we all tend to do that or you know we may shift um I I kind of want to say here on with meta athletes that it's okay to explore other things as you master your craft Mm. okay because what's what's really interesting is like yes I've been doing public relations yes um, have joined a team in a scope of work of marketing. And then I started hosting Twitter spaces. And I, you know, was talking to a friend of mine and that person said, well, you're kind of all over the place. And when I heard that, I go, am I? Or uh, am I just exploring to yeah. see where my talents can be applied in newer areas? And I think there's a difference there. And when people are so quick to say, like, you're all over the place, Drew, I'm not sure what you're focusing on. I'm like, it's okay if you don't know what I'm, you're, I'm focusing on. I know what I'm focusing on. But right. I, I just, I wanted, you know, for anyone listening to know that it's totally okay and actually really cool to explore different ways where your skill sets are. 
um, at different times in your life. Like we didn't have to figure out at age 26 or even 36 to figure out this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, this is what I have to focus on because things change, technology changes, times change, even your mind changes. And I just think it's completely acceptable um, and actually, you know, admirable when people kind of explore different routes. And maybe, you know, we have a fear of starting something like, mm. well, I don't know if I can do it forever. I don't know if I can do it for a year. Like, yo, it's okay, dude. You know, we can try these things. Um, just because I'm not hosting a weekly Twitter space tomorrow or today, it doesn't mean that I'm never going to do it again. But I like to have plans when I do things. When I was doing that five uh, five-part series for personal branding, like I made a plan for that and I executed it. And it went really well. And I was happy with it. Um, you know, at, at some point, I was a little bit fearful that I thought, well, people are going to expect me to do another one. Yeah. But it's OK. You know, I don't I don't have to respond to expectations. I'm probably just making that up in my head anyway. Maybe no one's expecting anything. Uh, but I just I really wanted to emphasize that it's OK if we do another thing, you know, in addition to a full time job or whatever your current career is. Well, I think that's perfect. It's the, the, the key word you said was like change, right? Like if you can recognize that the world is changing around you and yeah. you're not willing to adapt to what's happening around you, then you never know if you're going to be best prepared for what's going to happen in the future, but also how you can impact that future. Like maybe your skill set matches up directly with the tech initiatives that are happening around the world, like, you know, that are, that we're actually living through right now. I think, um, you know, people might call it like being, you know, hobbies or whatever, but like the, using the word exploring is the fantastic way to describe how we should always be able to look for opportunities. Right. Cause I, you know, I, I kind of grew up with a household too. Like you got to figure out what you were going to do when I was, you know, 17 or 18 years old. Right. And, right. and at that point, you know, you don't know because you're not mature enough. You're not mentally mature enough. You're not emotionally mature enough. You don't know what's going to happen in terms of what's what the world's going to look like and where you might end up. But I think the key thing of that is is if you're willing to look for change and you can see the opportunities and the growth, you're going to be ready for that. Now, 100%. It, it, now with that, like, did you have mentors that like helped you develop that ability, like? I think that's an important one that Drew and I always talk about, like, because we would never be in the position that we would without without mentors and in in coaches and leaders, strong leaders around us. Like, you know, how did you develop that mentality? Was it was it any specific mentors or mentorships or coaches that you might have had? Um, and then just please share, like, any examples uh, of how they might have made an impact upon you. Sure, I will say, I am blessed. Um, to have had a really dope mentor who was also my father. Oh. So he was my very first one. He taught me life things. It didn't necessarily pertain to business at the time, but it does pertain, you know, everything that he taught me um, is applied to business as well. And it's applied to family and it's applied to friends. He taught me at such young age, like at a very young age, um, you know, from things like, Sometimes if you're in a disagreement, okay, and we talk about winning and losing sometimes, and he would he used to say this thing called sometimes you have to lose in order for everyone to win, including mm -hmm. yourself, because it's not really about winning 
a debate. It's not really about, you know, winning some type of uh, conversation or, you know, a challenge in the moment, but it really is about how do you accept, you know, where you are in the moment right now in order, you know, for you to move forward with that person and or in order for there, there to be no friction moving forward. Mm. So that's like something that he taught me. And sometimes it's about giving, okay? Give first. You never, you know, sometimes things come back to you unexpectedly. Um, give without expectation. So, and he would teach me things in a way that a five-year-old could understand or a nine-year-old could understand. Um, I think I've shared this story before and I'll share it again because it's the one that always sticks in my mind. I remember coming home telling him that a classmate wouldn't share her Mr. Sketch markers with me. Remember those smelly smarkers? I do. Yeah. yeah okay. And so like she, a classmate had a, a six pack of markers and I said, um, hey, daddy, uh, my classmate wouldn't share her markers with me, her Mr. Sketch markers. It was the six pack and I don't understand why. He took me to the store, bought me a 12 pack of Mr. Sketch markers and before school the next day and said, why don't you share these with that classmate that didn't feel like sharing her markers with you? And I was like, why? Why would I do that? And he said, just do it and let me know what happens. And I shared my markers with that classmate. And then we had, you know, 20 markers to share together, right? And it, it was just, it was a way of teaching me that sometimes um, you have to put your your you know gift first or put your fo uh, foot forward first um in order to make any kind of progress you know with a person or some type of business That's i love that story. it's um it's you but probably also not her right to, to have somebody come up and share with her so, uh um that's incredible i thought you were going to share the story about wasn't it, it was you that told us the story before about uh, being entrepreneurial and selling pens or uh, you took something yeah. from your dad, right? Oh, <laughs> and we're yeah. selling it at school. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like six years old in first grade. And you know, when you're in first grade, you can't use pens. You only write with pencils and you use the special line paper yeah. that you get taught on. And, because you know, in his line of work, he had these yellow legal pads and he had pilot. Actually, that's funny because this is <laughs> a pilot pen, the V5s, because I, I till this very day I use them. And these are the only pens he ever used. And yes, I sold them at school for quarters <laughs> and I was so proud of myself. I took them from my dad's office and I sold them and I brought like my first $1.50 home because I had sold like four pens and some legal pads and my dad was like where did you get this money and i was just like oh i sold office supplies and <laughs> just like which office supplies and i was like the ones in your office and he said i want you to return everyone's money that bought from you but they still get to keep what they bought from you and i was just like why and you know he that was the way he taught me that you shouldn't take things that don't belong to you and also, you can't just take back what you give to other people, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes that was kind of learning, like, that was a soft, now that I think about it, it's a soft way of learning, you know, maybe a business loss or something like that. But he would teach me things in very creative ways. I've also had um, people who have mentored me. 
you, you know what's funny is that I meet my mentors after working with them for a while. I've never actually had an intention of like, today I'm going to look for a mentor and let me right. shuffle through my contacts and look for um, them. I always have an experience with them. Um, so, you know, aside from my dad, I, uh, like I said, I was blessed to be have been raised by him um, and live in the same household for so long. But in business, I find those after having some kind of multiple interactions mm. with them or having watched how they conduct themselves personally and professionally. Well, it's a certain level. Of, That's pretty cool. I think you, you kind of vet them out, right? You, you kind of build a certain level of trust before maybe you picture them as a mentor or you decide that this is somebody I need to pay attention to a little bit more, which is interesting because it's not always the case, right? I think when I think of mentorship, I think of somebody that's already done something that I want to do and they did it at a high level. And I'm like, hey, this person could probably save me a lot of time and effort if I were able to learn directly from them. But um, now that you mentioned it, MB, there's a handful of people where, you know, I didn't realize they were going to be a mentor until I really, you know, until they had a high level of trust built with me for me to realize, hey, I need to kind of lean in a little bit and, and listen a little bit more. So that makes complete sense to me. But when you dove into sports, sports journalism, PR, like this type of world, did you have somebody that you did look up to that um, maybe was a direct or indirect mentor to yourself? Uh, oh, uh, going into the sports industry specifically? Yeah. So I got into sports after having been working in the Hollywood industry for so long. Um, gosh. No, to be honest with you, I okay, I admired people but they weren't necessarily people I had access to, you know, to reach out for mentorship or anything. Look, I'll be real. That was a, so working in Hollywood that at, at that time, it's a little bit different now. It was very dog eat dog. And um, it was also a time. Um, so there are so many women who are, who have been working. Let's see. There are a lot of women working in the sports industry now, but I feel like even 15 years ago, at least it wasn't as noticeable, right? It wasn't on social media as much. Um, you couldn't just figure out, hey, who's working in PR? Who, who are female coaches? Like, how did they get there? But one thing that I've always done, like, I will pick people whom I want to follow, you know, if I learn about their business endeavors in the media or in news and I research their careers, I research their past, and I just keep following them. Um, there are people I follow that I've never met before. I, I'm a very, very curious person. And being a curious person, I want to know where people come from, where they were born, where they went to high school, what did they study? Maybe they didn't go to college. What was their first business? Maybe it was a lemonade stand when they were a okay. kid. Or maybe it was... Um, you know, doing something in addition to going to college. I just, when I find really fascinating people, I will dig up everything that they've done and try to put the puzzle pieces together. And I love it. And sometimes I'll end up meeting them maybe a, maybe very soon thereafter or a couple of years later. But like, I love doing that. There are a lot of moguls out there or very successful entrepreneurs I followed. I'll watch what nonprofits they work with. I just... Mm. I like to know the whole picture. I'm, I'm, to say that I'm very curious is an understatement because I love to know how people work, how things work. Um, so I just, 
if anyone wants to know like, oh, I wonder how that person got there, start looking into it, you know, take all their public social profiles, start reading into them, look up interviews they've been in. Every Everything tells you a different story or a piece of information and you can start connecting the dots, you know? So like, I just, I love like uh, a very famous male business entrepreneur who happens to be a billionaire, billionaire that I follow is Stan Kroenke. I've followed him, you know, ever since like old school, late 90s. Like I didn't start following him in the 90s, obviously, but when I was in my 20s, I just wanted to follow his journey. I wanted to know why he bought real estate in certain places. I wanted to know why he picked the teams. I knew that he was from my neck of the woods. Um, I, you know, after the Rams left St. Louis, I wanted to know why they went to LA. And then that brings me to research about like mm. LA business activities, real estate activities. I, it, the way, I hate to say it, but even like geopolitics work, like does that, everything has an impact on mm. each other. So um, like he's someone that I just enjoy following his business endeavors. Like you have, there's no loss in like looking into stuff like that. So, oh, I think I think being curious cool. is a is a superpower. But also, I mean, like you, you ask the best questions of like anybody I've seen on space. Seriously, that's why I think you're a great. You would be a great podcast host. Um, is because I think you dive, you dive in, but you also from a, from a place of wanting to understand. And I think that that's um, it's incredible. The the questions that you I just remember going back to like when we would have you on meta athlete spaces or just your own spaces, and you would have somebody on that the questions were incredible. Um, you know what? I, I want to give someone a shout out. This sure. is really random and I'll send this to them. But what you know how. OK, so for me, I always wanted to learn about how money works. OK, Mary Beth, what do you mean by that? Like, I want to know how why you would have different business entities. I want to know what a trust is. OK, that was those, that's not stuff that's typically taught in school. No, it's not. And I don't know how like, you know, um, I'm. I come from a family where maybe that wasn't a topic or those things just didn't exist in conversation. So when I find the confidence, I will ask someone and the one person I had the guts to ask this uh, about uh, was Marshall Falk. So I, I will say this to him, but like, Marshall, thank you for teaching me, you know, like being patient when I ask, like, what is a trust and how can I learn more about it? And so he also, you know, he told me a little bit about how it works or why you would have one. And then he referred me to a professional who specializes in that. Yeah. And from that person, I was really able to learn like why you would set one up, you know, when you would do it at, at, and at what point in your life, because I just wanted to know why people have them and how they work. So that's like, it's not even about having long-term mentors, but it's about having the guts yeah ask people you trust the questions you might be scared to ask yeah that is a it's skill a, it's a huge it's a huge unlock too right to, yeah. like i think there's so many people like me being an entrepreneur i was kind of forced to learn these certain things about owning a business and why we choose a certain type of entity versus another and um and even you know just the accounting side of our business and what you're reminding me is like just like the simple things of like most people don't understand what a business expense or a write-off and they like heard it like a million times, but they don't understand the concept of it. Right. Just cause they've never been forced to, you know, talk about it or, or go through themselves. 
And there's so many times I was in that position where I'm just like, you know, I need to learn this stuff. I can look it up. I can find a mentor to help me out with this stuff. I think in today's world, like obviously through Google, you can learn so much, but if you have the right person and you ask the right questions, like it's, there's so much unlock there for you to, to gain and, and to gain from. Um, but for some reason, people just have a tough time putting themselves there's out there. So or much letting, to learn if there you is. ask the right yeah. questions. Well, sometimes it's mostly like understanding what are the right questions to ask or even how to ask the right questions. And uh, yeah, I think that's the, I, I think that's probably the, one of the most challenging things that you can ever do is like, if you see something or you want to learn about something, sometimes it's like, where do I even start to ask? Yeah. Yeah. Well, where do I start to ask? But also, do I want it to be publicly known that I do not yeah. have the answer to this? I think that's you the toughest thing crazy, for a lot of people. Though, when you're actually brave enough or a little bit vulnerable to first admit that you have a question, even it's, right. if it's uncomfortable, you'd be shocked because another person will probably have two more questions to ask them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, a thousand percent. So, and B, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, we'd love to know, you know, in the next three to six months or so, or maybe, you know, for the re remainder of this year, is there anything that you have going on, your clients have going on that you're, you're extremely excited about? Yeah, so I'm really excited I'm gonna I'm and I'm gonna say this like as a general statement. I've spoken with so many athletes who have started, you know, very unique business uh, endeavors, okay? Um, there's a common theme among many athletes, active and uh, former pro or retired. Um, you know, what are my new opportunities where I can invest money, okay? Whether it's a little bit of money or a lot of money. A lot of people want to do that. And there are a lot of athletes who seek to do that. One thing that I'm really focusing on is being a bridge between athletes looking to invest um, collectively into new technologies or new opportunities. Um, I think that... A lot of athletes know that that population, you know, of collective athletes are looking for these types of endeavors, but something's missing. I don't know if it's communication. Well, I think the the thing, you know, when you were talking, you kind of reminded me of like um, having somebody like you or even like myself, like I, I kind of find myself doing the same things where we're kind of like vetting a lot of opportunities and making sure that they're even worth, you know, from both the standpoint of is this going to be successful from your and my lens, but also is it something that they will be interested in long term too, right? So I'm kind of like this like screening process for a lot of it, but a lot of athletes only know what they know, which is mm -hmm. what athletes have done before them, right? So that's why it's so tough for them to innovate or get into different silos or different industries is because they don't have a track record of like conversations with people that have had success in something outside of you know, doing like a Kellogg's commercial or, uh, you know, was, um, State Farm commercial or, you know what I mean? Like, so without having that like general idea of like, oh, this could be successful, it's tough for them to want to get into a place of unknown or I think that's what it is. It's a place of unknown. But, um, well, let me ask yeah. you this. So, okay. I, uh, we're, this is totally cool. Um, a lot of former and active athletes come to me. And they're raising capital. Very common. A lot of people are raising capital, whether they're an athlete or not an athlete. Tech, sports, media. 
Um, but what do you do when everyone's raising capital? Okay. Do you join forces? Do you, is it a competition? I was just wondering your thoughts on that. Well, does it uh, depend depend on their mission? Kind of like what you went, what you were kind of going for before, like what you started with. Like, doesn't it depend on are they? What are they? What's the purpose of raising capital? Are they just doing it for money? Like, like how startups raise capital. Yeah, and do the same thing too, right? They have amazing, um, you know, maybe it's technology or some kind of uh, business uh, startup that they're working on. Um, and this is actually a question I have. How do we bring different athletes together? When is there, do you ever find, you know, as someone who's a coach or you drew who's in marketing, do you ever find that there's competition? I guess if many athletes are doing similar things, maybe they have completely different projects, but what do you do when like 10 different clients or they happen to be athletes are all trying to raise capital and they're looking for money um you know i some ideas that run through my head are do you join forces collectively collectively to raise money maybe you don't get the money together but at least you're kind of standing together having some kind of unity to bring more people to you collectively but i was just wondering how like from a coach's perspective or a marketing uh, professional's perspective, like, what do you do? Like, I, I just, I, every day I find so mm -hmm. many opportunities that come to me and I'm a serial dot connector. And I'm like, how do I connect these dots? And how do you connect dots when so many of these dots are wanting the same thing? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, there's so many different factors to, 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 brings together for raising capital and startup world. I think the one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, <clears throat> is this something that, um, is this something that we see as a huge benefit from, like if we were to set aside the money and just have like the money be a different conversation. Like when I think about meta athletes, when we first started, you know, we had this idea that we would bring together, you know, 10 to 20 founding athletes, not necessarily to raise capital, or to have them be um, investors in the project. Cause I think we would have found money from, you know, a variety of different athletes. But in my head, I was like, what do each of these athletes bring to the table in terms of, do they already have relationships with big brands? Um, do they have a certain level of attention, not just attention on social media, but like true influence on social media. So, you know, they might have 400,000 followers, but if they post something, does, is there any action that's actually taken? You know, so a lot of, the way that I think is money aside, what do each of these entities bring to the table? If it's marketing power or if it's connections, if it's consulting, because they've already done something like this. Um, so I kind of view it from that standpoint, but usually, you know, we help athletes in some, some cases for this stuff, but in most cases, they're the ones putting up the capital. And so from our perspective, it's kind of flipped around to like, why, why should, Who's I, like it, it, in most cases from our end, it's the athlete the people that we represent that are looking for investment opportunities. And so it kind of ties to your conversation a little bit of like, when do I know if I should put up a capital loan versus working with somebody else or partnering with other people? I think it just comes down to do other people have something to bring to the table other than just the money itself. Right. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that comes in the, you know, marketing, consulting connections. Those are kind of like the three things I think about outside of just the capital that they're able to, to provide. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We 
we've had a ton of opportunities where I'm just like, we just pass on a bunch until we know that like, this is either one, it'll be a home run or two, it's something that they care about at a very high level where if they put it in an investment and the investment goes south, that they would still feel good about their involvement in the project. I think that that's like, that's huge for the opportunities that I've seen and presented um, versus just worrying about just the investment itself. Because, you know, I think that, and Coach B, this is something that we talk about sometimes too in NFT world is like, if this thing that we bought for a certain price point goes down, do we still enjoy like community art or do we still value it and being a part of it, even though the investment maybe went south or the value of it went south? I think that that's kind of the overall conversation with some of the, the athletes I worked with too is like, you know, maybe it's for a good cause or maybe it's yeah. for, um, maybe it's for, um, something that brings experiences outside of just the investment or, or return on investment. So I guess those are some of the things that we think about MB, but, um, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's like, it sounds like you feel like there's a lot of opportunities where people can partner and come together versus try to go alone at this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real. It's, it's interesting. That's more so in a general business perspective. Um, but you know, I, I know like there are a lot of people listening out there, uh, athletes or non-athletes. There are people with startups who are looking to raise capital. They have fundraising initiatives going on. And sometimes it's like, where do I even start? Um, there's a lot of money out there. I just think that, uh, you know, meeting a lot of people. So to answer your question, like, what am I focusing on? I'm really trying to connect the dots here. Um, I meet with a lot of organizations from VCs to investors themselves to the people looking for raising money. And really what it is, there has to be some kind of synergy there, you know, not just the business synergy, but also the people synergy. What do people really care about? Um, I like to match, match make, right? Uh, and I do that, you know, according to like personalities and how I think that they'll work together or communicate together. And that just means introductions. It doesn't mean like, hey, you have to right. do business together. But I really am focusing on connecting the dots because there are so many dope mm. uh, like businesses being built. And and I, I, I have the, the blessing to see technology being built as well. Um, and people really building brands, not just in the U.S., but internationally, kind of opening up shop in other countries. And so there's just so much opportunity to, like, work together in really creative ways, lucrative ways. So that's the really what I'm focusing on is I like seeing dots and connecting them before other so people cool. would even, like, give it a chance. Because a lot of people think that things are like, oh, that's so far out there, you know, or that's a stretch. But I like looking at things like that and connecting the dots ahead of time. It's like playing chess. You got to know a couple of yeah. time. Definitely. You're being, okay. you're being a coach. I was going to say you're being a coach. Like you're, you're, you're truly trying to see like how all these different things or different entities or different people can create a relationship or create a connection together, which will actually probably make each other better. Like to answer your question before, like from a coach's perspective about trying to put people together, I think if they have a common purpose, then I think they might be able to work together. But if their purpose doesn't match or their purpose doesn't align with each other, the relationship isn't going to mesh well and something's, something negative may happen to the point where it's not even worth the, worth getting creating that connection where they might invest in each other or invest in something together or build something together. Uh, sure. 
Synergy is massive. Synergy and really just trying to find a common purpose. I think if you can find a common purpose, then I think you can be able to try to connect those people or those individuals or those group of individuals together to create something really special and powerful. You know what I like doing? So uh, we all, people have a, a why, right? You know how every startup or organization has their why? But I like to know the real why. So, you know, how I was talking earlier about getting to know the human. I'm like, yeah, I know. But but like, why are you doing this? Like, why did you start this? Because it has to do with something that they experienced personally. OK, mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's a story that can be told on a deck. Uh, there has to be. That's commonly told. But there's always that really personal why that I like to kind of understand or learn and that will tell me everything so and that that plays into how i really like to get to know people and really researching to connect the real dots because that's that's where i'm most effective Uh, absolutely i think that another good thing like when you say connecting the dots like i also think about you connecting you know you're just a super connector like i you've introduced me to like so many people over the last like year or two years um where it's always been a really valuable either connection or insight for me to connect with, you know, some people that you have in mind, <clears throat> but also just kind of being a visionary too, right? Like you kind of mentioned maybe seeing something where other people would, would pass or other people haven't, you know, might not see the, the, um, the vision in the sense of seeing it work out to a certain level. And so those are two things that I think you, you are extremely talented at and, uh, MB, this was awesome to have you on. Like I said, you're a true, OG to the metal athletes community and um, a great friend of me and coach B. And so to have you come on and, and give us some insights into your career is awesome. And, and we look forward to uh, continuing to follow along and see what you have going on. Um, and we also love that you use the playbook. It's something that you yes. and I talked about, you know, obviously the name of this podcast, but also uh, the way that you want to see your clients and, um, and maybe even just to, to people in general, like you said, you did that, um, that, you know, Twitter space series, um, I think I've also maybe seen some more content, you know, that, that you're looking to put out for people to, to learn, grow and develop in the space and, and as an entrepreneur as well. So, uh, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and coach B appreciate your insights as well. Thank you Thanks, so Jeff. much. Thank you so much, Drew. And thank you so much, coach Patel. Um, it's been a pleasure and shout out to the entire meta athletes fam. Thank you. MB. Thank you. Shout out with everybody next week.